Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, today we are going to be listening to some sicko rap and some drunk country. (laughs) And I'm hoping by the end of this episode, we're going to be asking some very provocative questions about where these two genres of hip-hop and country music are headed. Because I feel like there's a few songs on the charts right now yeah. that are pointing towards the future of this music. I don't even know what you're talking about. I literally have no idea what you're All talking right, about. All right, then let's dive right in. Okay? okay, first half, side A, Yep. sicko rap. And I say that because the song we are going to talk about is called Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. And I think we're hearing the disintegration of modern hip-hop <laughs> into something new. Drop All the right, needle. Drop the needle. Sun is down, freezing cold. That's how we already know when it's here. My dog will probably do it for a Louis Bell. That's just all he know. He don't know nothing else. Well, what's happening? Okay, so this is a little taste of the beginning of sicko mode. Okay. We're in the first minute or so. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but it sounds like it's just the prelude to something that we're kind of building up, right? It's kind of yeah. a sparse texture. Definitely expect like some sort of like rhythm drop to come in all of a sudden. Yes, I do too. And yep. I think that's exactly what we're going to get. Let's go a little further into the track about a minute in, and you're going to hear this texture start to escalate into okay. something new. I tried to show. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Young and flame here in sickle mode. What? What? <laughs> What's happening? There were three fake outs. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, you asked what's happening. I'm not sure I have an answer, but I definitely want to try and come up with one with you. Today. This feels like what dubstep was to electronic dance music. Sicko was doing the hip hop. Ah, okay. Pushing it in new directions. Well, 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 in particular, like giving you jarring moments of unpredictability. Okay. Let's slow. I, I love where you're at, but I got to slow your roll because we, <laughs> we, we first have to answer that first question. What is happening? We have a bridge to nowhere, kind of. We have this build from <laughs> yeah. our intro section, which sounds like it's going to explode into this rhythmic kind of climax. Yeah. And we get that for a second. Yeah, but then things break down just when we think we've reached yeah. the sort of heart of the song. I think you got to slow it down because even before you get to the pretend bass drop, yeah. there's this lead in of these hi hats that are sort of descending chromatically. That they like keep happening, sort of this arpeggiated downward something. And it's building anticipation. Like, I actually have no idea where it's going to go. So when that bass drop happened, I was like, ooh, that's exciting. And then, as if the tape machine was destroyed and (laughs) some alien music is just thrown in and spliced into it. Let's listen to this moment one more time. I tried to show. Go strong. Go snares. Yeah. Yeah. 
snare. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Young and flame here in sickle mode. I love yeah. that. It's very disorienting. So disorienting. It's as as you say, we have these sort of cascading drums. Yeah. Hi hats or snares. Kind of combined. It's yeah. both of them. And it just sounds like we're reaching this cathartic moment. Yeah. No sooner do we get there than it disintegrates. Well, even the bass that lands. First, you get this like big slug 808, right? Yeah. So that's that that low toned bass sound, and then all of a sudden, it has this sort of like syncopated stuttering. Yeah, and so already you're like, wait, what happened to the, my hit? And then that just extends into this dub delayed out tail, and we get a whole new song. It falls apart multiple times. It's like watching a really slow car crash. Yeah, Charlie, you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> So let's just recap. We okay. started with this sparse texture, yep. had this buildup that sounded like it was reaching a steady groove. Yep. As soon as we got there, record scratch on the word sicko mode, the yep. title of the song, uh, this shift to a new beat, a new texture, a, a text new painting. vocal approach. Yeah. So at this point, about a minute into the song, you're like, whoa, like you said, what a fake out. Right. Right. Not right. what I expected. Right. But that's not the end. Because there's another fake out. At least one more. It gets let's, worse. It gets better. It, it gets something. Let's fast forward to the next moment in this song where we have one of these radical textural shifts. Right. She thought it was the ocean. It's just a boat. Now I gotta open. It's just a ghost. Who put this shit together? I'm the glue. So said. Shorty face, Tommy out the blue. So said. Someone said, motherfucker, someone said. Charlie looks terrified right now. (laughs) Amazed. Wow. Now we're in a trap track. Stage three. Yeah. This is the same song. This is the same song. What? Yeah. I love that moment where he says ghost and then everything just drops. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's some great text painting, and I'm not holding on to anything. Right, and and maybe this is what makes it so interesting, is that they're not trying to hide the seams between these these radically different sections. There's no, like, nice little pre-chorus where things build and get you to the place perfectly, and you're like, oh, no, what what a reward. Exactly, they're not delicately sutured together into a seamless hole. You can really hear, whoa, this is, something's happening, we're dipping into the primordial ooze and then coming out yeah. into a new pattern, yeah. a new groove, a new vocal approach. Which is why I, I evoke dubstep because oftentimes you would have these like, you know, fun, upbeat thing and then all of a sudden like a... Yes! Oh my God! <laughs> kind of sound happen. You're like, what is happening? But it's the constant change is somehow psychologically pleasing. Yes. I'm swayed by your analogy here and yet again i think there's something different that we Mm. need to identify here because in a dubstep track while there are these radical shifts they're still invested in keeping you dancing keeping your body moving so there can't be that you know too many interruptions yeah but here there i think there is this weird starting and stopping and it's like Mm. is it one song is it three songs in one it's hard to say as you point that out it makes me think about what dancing to this looks like I'm sure people are dancing to this music for sure. There's got to be some really cool forms that are constructed to work with this sudden yeah. change. I think visually it must be 
really compelling. Oh, yeah. And I think if you go on YouTube or you go on Genius.com, look at the video or the lyrics, yeah. all the comments are just from people going, what? What? What is that? <laughs> what? What's happening? God, God. <laughs> now, this should be the end, but there's actually <laughs> one more little... They can't resist throwing in one more of these tectonic musical shifts okay. at the very end of the song. So let's just hear the outro, which is a whole other different world. Beautiful. Pass this to my daughter, I'ma show what it took. Yeah. Baby mama cover Forbes, got these other bitches shook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's very sort of mothership. What? And that's it. So one what? final, one yeah. little just yeah. vision yeah. of a whole other world before the track yeah. cuts. Yeah. Very disorienting. Oh, and I, I think like it. I, I did too. And I think it, in, in surprising ways, this whole song, the construction of it is, is analogous to a lot of postmodern classical composition, which was similarly trying to create these like very disjunct sections hmm. and uh, i think a composer who who does this really oh, well so from a very different world would be john zorn yeah who has his fingers in a lot of different musical styles yeah. from jazz to you know heavy metal to uh all sorts of things but he uh wrote a series of compositions in the late 80s in which he would write different themes out on index cards hmm and then randomly shuffle them into a score. Oh, so, huh. the, so the score is essentially a series of totally discrete, unrelated musical ideas huh. that are then randomly sorted into a particular order and played through. Sicko. Sicko mode. Exactly. <laughs> sicko, sicko mode for string quartet. Yeah. So to give you a sense of what this sounds like, this approach, this sort of disjunct collage approach in a very different realm, let's listen to just a little bit of John Zorn's string quartet from 1988, Cat of Nine Tails. Take your time. So <laughs> take your time. <laughs> I have a question about it. Please. Was he entirely committed to the algorithmic sort method, or would there be some composer's hand after the things came together? It's a great question. Yeah. Uh I think nominally the answer is no, but right. who's who's to know? Right. Who's to know if he cheated a little bit? Is that what you're asking? Well, you know, I sometimes I think that procedural composition for sake of the procedure does not necessarily result in things that are humanly interesting. I love that because I think that brings us right back to sicko mode. And the question, is this a coherent whole or do we hear it as kind of three or even four disjunct individual pieces sort of roughly and maybe ineptly tied together into a single track? Mm. And I think the answer can be found in Travis Scott's own vocals. 
She thought it was the ocean, it's just a boat Now I gotta open, it's just a ghost Who put this shit together, I'm the glue Who put this together, I'm the glue Yeah, that to me is the thesis statement of this song And and helps explain why it sounds the way it does Why it sounds so bizarre Yeah, It's almost a boast in itself do you think I could pull this off? Do you think we couldn't stitch all these different tracks into one thing? Hmm. We can because I'm the glue. Right. I'm the connective tissue here. Wow. Huh. How discordant can we make something and still hold it all together based off of my skill, my yeah. charisma, my yeah. identity? All yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is into in terms of now going back to like the future of of hip hop and like where this art form is going. Mm-hmm. He's opening up space for a lot of experimentalism in mm-hmm. how hip hop is put together. And yet there's this, still this wonderful continuity because it's still about, uh, you know, the classic themes of braggadocio right, and, right. you know, self-confidence and, and ego. Right. So I think this track is pointing towards new directions in hip hop while also maintaining so much of the core themes of the genre. It certainly feels deeply postmodern and yet of its time simultaneously. Yeah. If you were to slice up each piece of this, you could probably take, we haven't listened to the whole track, but right. I'm guessing 60% of it, you're know, like, trap track. Yeah. That could just fit in with other stuff happening on the hip-hop charts. But if it were not for all this other disjunct cut-ins, and I can't, I don't have the vocabulary for it, which is... Exciting. Really exciting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So we've just been listening to some hip-hop that's kind of at the vanguard of the genre, pointing towards new directions. On the second half, side B of our (laughs) session here, I want to dig into songs that are at the vanguard of another genre, country. You're absolutely mad. Sicko mode, Charlie. (laughs) Beautiful. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside. You get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back to Switched on Pop. And now, Charlie, it is time to check in on the country charts. I have been absent for a while. Ditto. And yeah. there's there's a lot going on. So this <laughs> is by no means a full uh, diagnosis of okay. modern country. But sure. rather, I'm interested in focusing in on three songs that are currently on the Billboard Top 100 as yep. of this recording. Yep. And that are all connected by a common theme. Hmm. Are you ready? See if you can see what connects these three songs we've got roads uh, <laughs> could be bourbon beer oh no you're you're already no it you're already there blue jeans. no 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 no. sorry i should have stopped you bourbon <laughs> drink let's let's alcohol at, at writ large how novel yes but as you point out 
in talking about three songs that address drinking. This is a classic country trope. Yeah. But as we listen to these three songs, I think it'll also raise some questions about, again, where is country headed? Mm -hmm. In some ways, we're dealing with, yeah, one of the age-old <laughs> tropes of bourbon. Mm -hmm. But as we listen, I think we're also going to hear some new musical directions opening up, even as they're still holding on to those, sure. those sure. Okay. generic conventions. Let's start with a wonderful song by Jason Aldean featuring Miranda Lambert. All right. All the folks down in Lynchburg, Tennessee, been working hard for good old boys like me. I don't want to be the one to tell them that stuff that they even sell ain't working like it should. That's a bizarre thing because you've got these like synth sequency things happening in the background before you get the lyricism you might not know it's gonna be a country song if not for the telecaster guitars but musically it's not doing like the one five country bass thing like it's poppy well this charlie yeah. this is exactly the question i want to pose with each yeah. of these songs you yeah. know what are the elements of this that sound country to us and what aren't and yeah. by the end i think we may be asking ourselves what does country sound like and maybe it doesn't sound like we think it did yeah well, so yeah. first of all let's just get into the lyrics a little bit lynchburg tennessee it's where they make all the whiskey. It's where they make all the whiskey. And then let's just, we got to get to the chorus because, you know, this is a great country song. Has a, has a, has hey, a you, chopped, you chopped it off. It's a chorus. terrible thing. You well, I, like, I wanted to pause. I wanted to, yeah, to okay. discuss. Yeah. Now let's give it, now let's give the payoff. Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I've gone from one to one too many. And the thing that really gets me. Is how your memory drowns whiskey. Ooh, a great country reversal, right? The memory drowns the whiskey. Just a wonderful little turn of phrase there. Charlie's mm. looking at me very skeptically right now. His arms are I, crossed. Yeah. What's going on, Chuck? I'm obviously most interested in talking about the music here. And I have to say that lyrically, there's something that I do find off-putting. There is this nice turn of phrase. Like, there is something lyrically interesting about memory whiskey whiskey memory but i don't i feel like yeah i feel not great about songs promoting the idea of drunkenness fading memory yeah i totally agree and i'm absolutely uh glad you brought that up charles but in defense of the song i do think it is i mean literally the last line is the memory drowns the whiskey so the memories are stronger and and i think mm, in general yeah, yeah. like so many country songs yeah. it expresses a very ambivalent relationship to alcohol as the source of mm, okay joy and escapism and also a lot of you're right great fear and melancholy and so you're hearing there's like there's, there's a subversion of that happening in this track and that turn of phrase is suggesting that not only is the relationship to alcohol that is a trope in yeah. country music unhealthy but at least for this narrator, it's not even working. Yeah. I'll also say as a quick aside, there is yeah. another song on the charts right now that is really interesting in reference to what you're just talking mm. about. The hearing of our Supreme Court Justice nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, and everything around that. Yeah. There's a song on the country charts called Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen. Mm. And I thought about including that, but the author, Catherine Schultz of The New Yorker, has already right. written an amazing piece about this song and yeah. its relevance to the moment. The song is about taking a drunk girl home and just putting her to sleep and not taking advantage of her. Huh. So it's kind of 
takes what you might think the song is about and flips it. But it still oh. maybe has some issues in that. Anyway, so rather than discuss it here, let's throw a link up to this great, great. piece by Catherine Schultz yeah. on our show notes. Yeah. And people can read more about that yeah. song. Yeah. I think it's worth saying just personally as I'm as I'm hearing all sort of cliches and tropes in pop music, which sort of refer back to the most um, sort of toxic parts of our culture are feeling less and less okay to just bury them in the music. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing things which are beginning to subvert uh, subvert those expectations. Yeah, no, and I, let's keep this alive as yeah. we go through these three songs because I think in some ways they'll play into tropes of toxic masculinity and in other ways undercut them. Mm-hmm. And whiskey and drinking is a powerful metaphor for to yeah. reach those yeah. things. Yeah. So let's return to the very beginning of the song, though. You were sure. saying parts of it maybe sound quote-unquote country, capital C country, but no. others don't. No, no. So what does sound country here? Let's spin yeah. the very beginning of the sure. song again. The or whatever sound sounds almost like a sequin synthy thing. It's a guitar, but it's it a delayed synthy. guitar. Yeah, I see what you mean. And then you have the the picky guitar, the dun 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 dun. Sounds like a Blink 182 punkish thing. Now we get the country twang and yeah. okay, I know I'm listening to country song, but I obviously, as a guitar player, recognize the single-coil pickup Fender <laughs> twang yeah. in the guitars that they're playing, but you could have played the exact same thing without the twang, and it could have gone into a Kelly Clarkson song, it could have gone into a Pink song, it could have been any sort of other pop song yeah. to me. I hear that, Charlie. So what what is connecting this to country music, if anything? What sonic landmarks do we have? I think the most important thing that makes this country is timbre. Mm. It is the quality of the sound of the voice, which is obvious. The twang, the the depth of it, the yep. harmonies that Aldine and Miranda Lambert right. are singing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and similarly, the voicing of the guitar itself. You could play the exact same guitar lines, literally on a different guitar. Yeah. And it would have potentially been in another genre. Yeah. So we don't get to talk about on our show enough the importance of timbre and its signifiers. I often think about country and I think about chord progressions which follow more of a one five one five, maybe a little four in there. Yeah. This has got some minor chords. And you also expect a bass line that's going boom, boom, boom. I mean, that's like, it's almost like a caricature of an older country and that's yeah. not so common in modern country at all. But those signifiers have really faded from the country landscape and now what we're left with is the timbre the, the quality of the sounds of the instrumentation in the, in the voices all right let's that's great let's keep those qualities sure. in mind as we move on to our next example okay so there's yeah. another song that's currently again on the top hundred this is drunk me by mitchell tenpenny some people don't know when to quit and that's why they quit some need to hit the bottom to see they got a problem no way. <laughs> There's no way to know that that's country. Oh, Charlie, my favorite thing about living in the same place is <laughs> recording together and just watching your countenance as we listen to these tracks. I look pretty dumbfounded. Um, yeah, okay. So why, why are you so uh, mystified right now? So many things. Yeah. This sounds more like the Chainsmokers than it does what I would expect of country music. And there's a couple things that I'm listening for. Great. The kick drum. Yeah. The kick drum is really sparse. You get like a boom. Like that kind of thing comes from dance music sounds. 
and more what's happening in future house yeah. not what i would expect in country and then just production wise you have all these reverberations and tales and it really is about soundscape mm-hmm. and then really only at the end of that clip there's a little guitar that's like and so we're gonna go somewhere which i think will probably sound more country you're gonna get well let's let's see let's let's go to the chorus now I mean, there's also there's like 90s R&B. Like, I I feel like in another world, I'm going to offend some people and I'm very sorry. But just music production wise, if Whitney Houston sang over this, I'd be like, we are back. Well, so funny that you say that because, of course, some of Whitney Houston's biggest hits, including I Want to Dance with Somebody, were originally country songs. No. Yeah. What? That were recomposed to fit more in her R&B style. I had no idea. But still were some of the biggest, quote unquote, crossover successes. And that, that's probably because of their very specific genesis. There's such narrative strength to those songs. It makes sense to be coming from country, huh? So... Let's talk about Timbre for a second, because in the last track with Jason Aldean, you were saying that's something that really anchored us to the country tradition, the twang, the right. depth, the harmony. Mm-hmm. Do we have that here? Wow, there are so many songwriting tricks here. Like, I, I think I want to like sit down and just play on the piano for hours yeah. to learn every part of this song. It's really effective. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of moments where things drop out and harmonies move stepwise, mm. and there's literally every measure something yeah. potent is happening to keep pulling you forward form wise is fascinating yeah. because you have this big chorus come in and then there's a sudden denouement and everything drops down and then they add in this quasi anthemic post chorus that has this sort of like fists in the air yeah. excitement but it's also constra- kind of delicate yeah it's constrained yeah. Everything is held back, which makes so much sense because the song is about sobriety. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very nice, Charlie. But texturally, it's top quality, pristine music production in a studio, which doesn't really seem to fit a country aesthetic. Right. I mean, once again, I think we're asking ourselves more and more, what is actually the country aesthetic today? It might yeah. not look. I mean, you're you've, right. You've done right. a great job of avoiding my question, by the way. <laughs> what was your question? Timber. Do we are we hearing that right. southern no, I, I, country voice here? Hardly. Yeah. There's a deep emotional quality yeah. to it, but that's ubiquitous in pop music. Okay. So but I am not getting a. Yeah. Ooh. No. Cut that out. What is that? <laughs> We're gonna cut that. Out. No, keep that in. This is my vocal audition for American Idol. Okay. One more, Charles. Yeah. All right, our final uh, entry in this great drinking trilogy here. <laughs> Another song uh, from the, the top 100. This one is Tequila by Dan and Shay. I can still shut down the party. I can hang with anybody. I can drink whiskey and red wine, champagne all night. 
Okay, I now have a hangover. Another modern country <laughs> song, another bug-eyed classic Charlie expression. What are you feeling now, Chuck? Well, first of all, no one should mix those alcohols. That sounds terrible. That's obviously what he's going for, but that's the worst idea ever. The first thing I heard was this chord progression. So we've talked about these chord progressions before, and they aren't from country. I think we've called it an ambiguous chord progression yeah. in which the home key is not really clear. It, there's yeah. power moving between major and minor tonalities, and it's really less about having a clear home and away, tension and release sort of thing, but rather this open, ambiguous space. And that is ubiquitous in dance music and hip-hop, and it's not common in... Well, it's, it's we actually can, kind no, of... It's, it's, it's everywhere. Let's, it's, let's throw out a couple examples. Yeah. We can hear it, for instance, in Adele's Hello, yeah. an ambiguous four-chord loop. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like Or Justin me. Bieber's What Do You Mean? Yeah. Another ambiguous four-chord loop, yeah. Right. Played on piano. This is a writing technique yeah. and a texture, which I would expect in the pop world. Right. It does have this nice quality of giving room for things to breathe. I kind of think about it. I'm not as good of a classical scholar as you are, but it feels like the bridge from classical music into romantic music in which there was less an emphasis on cadential movement and more an opening for harmonic textures that don't have to go in a particular direction that leave room for interpretation you are looking at me with deep skepticism no no, no. actually you know that's not half bad charles oh thanks <laughs> i'm that's a solid b b plus for oh, sure oh, yeah all right pass yeah. your class let's do the same thing with tequila by dan and shay that we did with drunk me by mitchell tenpenny okay and drowns the whiskey by jason aldean let's get to the course of the song and ask ourselves what if anything makes this a country song yeah, okay, great. When I taste tequila, baby, I still see ya Cutting up the Florida sorority t-shirt The same one you wore when we were Sky high in Colorado Lips pressed against the bottle Swimming on a Bible, baby, I'd never leave you I remember how bad I need you When I taste tequila You talked about the post-chorus in the last song we listened yeah. to. Check out this post-chorus. Is this Toto? <laughs> Blowing my mind. Na, 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 well, you know, it's funny you say that because yeah. when we were listening to the very first song, Jason Aldean, Drowns the Whiskey, oh. I was like, wow, these drums sound so programmed to me. Yeah. And then I went on YouTube and just uh, thought maybe by some chance yeah. I can find something else uh, more about this. Yeah. And the session drummer for this song, Rich Redmond, has uploaded a video of him tracking this song. No way. And let's listen to a little bit of it. He is not a drum machine. He is just like a human metronome, just playing this steady beat through the whole thing. So that's all from a live drumming session. Yeah. Shout out to Rich Redmond, the drummer there. Because well, he sounds like a drum machine. Well, kind of as I was saying, one of the things that modern country does is it is all about perfect production quality right, right. there's no imperfections yeah. every measure is measured yeah 
and these session musicians are real so pros. Oh, yeah, so good. It's yeah. really it's it's worth checking out some of these yeah. videos. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. Okay, but let's return to tequila. You're yeah. hearing echoes of Toto. Yeah. <laughs> You're hearing program <laughs> drums. Yeah. And once again, such a crucial question for me is this yeah. one of timbre. Are we hearing that twang? Those harmonies? Not really. I, like the only thing we're getting here is now when you're hearing a song about tequila and the memories that it brings up and how he needs to stop drinking tequila, you're like, you're like oh, okay, this is a country song because it, some of the imagery, the specificity of right. it, the, the conversationality yeah. of it. But this, this whole conversation is making me realize the absolute absurdity of assuming that people listen idiosyncrasially to single genres and that producers and songwriters work only in single genres just like, right there's so much bleed and now we're at the the end and sort of the meta wrap-up and we're actually i think at this point we can go back to sicko mode because what yeah. we're really asking ourselves here what are the limits of genre what are the limits of tradition right. and how do you push against those yeah. and whether we accept changes in these genres mm -hmm. is as much about the music itself as the identity that those genres right. Yeah. create, right? Absolutely. So what's at stake here when we lose that Southern twang? In some ways, musically, you just can shrug. I don't know. If it's a no. good song, it's a good song. Right, right. But of course, there's so much more embedded in that twang than just a sound. Oh my gosh, There's sure. a history, there's a tradition, yeah. there's yeah. an identity. Right. So I think we're at this really interesting moment that honestly, I might not have been aware of yeah. where country is changing. And I think we're going to see some reactions, both positive and negative to that. It's sobering up. It's so, wow. Wow. Great. Great. Just to be clear on my, sort of my own perspective, yeah. there are parts of country music that need some sobering up. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Well said. That's a great button to end on, I think, Charles. It's been really fun digging into sicko mode and this drunk <laughs> country trilogy. You blew my you. mind, man. Yeah. yeah there's there's cool. a lot to unpack. Just yeah. You can learn so much about our world by just checking out the top 100 billboard charts yeah there's absolutely it's really taking the pulse of where we're at switched on pop is produced by me nate sloan and me charlie harding we're edited as always by the incredibly talented bill lance go mud hens <laughs> Our community manager is Sarah Terry, and our design is by Luke Harris. You can find more episodes of our show in the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or any podcast player you prefer. I have to make a, a plea. Oh, a plea. We've, we've, we've talked about throwing up ratings on Apple. Yeah. And it, it really does meaningfully help the show. We've oh, got right. a, We have a lot of ratings. Yeah. But I figured out that it's like less than 1% of listeners have left a rating yet. So if you feel like you might not be in that 1% of folks who've left a rating, it would mean a whole lot to us if you left us some feedback and even just a little star. Whether you like it or not, it means a lot to us. Wow. Are you my Jewish mother, Charlie? Because that was <laughs> quite a guilt trip. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Till then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. 
Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.